just wanted to start off with giving you some uh, useless information. <laughs> and then I'll get to the good stuff. Yeah, how many people here just have useless knowledge in their head that just rolls around? Jordan. Yeah, I know them two do. Jer- Jerry back there, yeah. So, f- for all you history buffs, Fourth of July, Independence, Declaration of Independence. Do you know it was actually voted in on July 2nd? She, she already told me before. I, July 2nd. But it was dated July 4th. It wasn't signed until August 2nd. So what that tells me is if I shoot fireworks off from July 2nd all the way to August 2nd, I should be constitutionally in line and be okay, right? Okay, if you do that and you get in trouble, I know nothing about it. I know nothing about it. But honestly, uh, it's a privilege just to stand here to, uh, you know, our independence, our freedom, to gather here corporately and just worship and pray and uh, just seek the power of a living God. Amen. So if you're joining us here today, it's your first time, I just want to welcome you. I also want to let you know that you're just coming in on the heels of a series. We're in week five of Living with Power. Living with Power, we started this series back four weeks ago. I will be closing it out today. If you remember, I'm just going to give a quick recap. The first week, uh, Pastor Matt came in with Power of Purpose. Uh, We all know that um, we are vessels, you and I are vessels. We have a purpose. We have a destiny. God has a plan for us. He said, before I formed you, I knew you. He had a plan for each and every one of us. Pastor Katie came back week two with power of a testimony. We all know that our, power, our testimony is, allows us to be overcomers. It helps build our faith for trials. And what I learned from her last week, well, I learned a lot, but this is what stuck in my head. The testimony is not mine. It's God's. You know, I didn't do nothing to... Make that testimony. It was the power of God that actually moved through that situation that allowed that testimony to happen. And we all know that we're overcomer by our testimony. So this is just a little plug for our new uh, tab on our LifeChurchX page. If you go to LifeChurchX.com, scroll down on our homepage, there's actually a tab where you can uh, share your testimony. So if God is doing things in your life, if he's, I don't know, gave transformation in your life, if he's uh, brought you from somewhere that you never thought you could get to, go in there. Write your story down and share your story because your testimony may be what sparks somebody else's life to move forward in something else. Amen? Amen. Week three, he came back with power of grace. How many thankful for grace? Unmerited favor, something we don't deserve. You know that we're all saved by grace through faith. We believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. And then last week, he talked about the transformation of the mind, which I thought was pretty cool in 1 Corinthians 2.16 where it says that we have the mind of Christ. You know, because the Holy Spirit lives in us, we can think like Him, we can talk like Him, we can move like Him if we allow that power to move inside of us. Our anchor scripture for this series has been Ephesians 3.20. It says, Now unto Him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask and think by the power that works in us. Best way to put that is it's super abundantly. It's over and above. It's not limited. It's an unlimited power. It's the Holy Spirit. It's attainable and it's available to you and I as sons and daughters. I know this this year we've talked about wanting this to be our greatest year of spiritual growth. And I believe this series has really helped me. Has it helped any of you out there? Just to see how we can walk in that power and that authority and be inside of us. You know, a great example for me is uh, the team this morning. They just bless my heart. You know, I'm used to doing worship. So this gives me an opportunity. But just to see the growth in this team, how they just took worship to 
to me, it was another level. I'm sorry, you guys did great this morning. I just want to thank you. Just the way I know, I, we had a little meeting Tuesday night, and I said, what's your biggest fear? And they started telling me their fears, and I, I came back with an answer. They got to get, I prayed before, and each one of them, you, you guys all rose up in that area. I just want to thank you for that. You guys did great this morning. But we made this our greatest year of spiritual growth, not in numbers. It's in here. It's in our spiritual side. Because we know if we have a healthy church and people come in, they're going to see that and they're going to feel that. And they in turn are going to leave here in a healthier way. But today as we close out this series, Living with Power, I just thought it was very timely how God put something on my heart a couple weeks ago. And, uh, you know, we've been given great content, great scripture, great testimonies. And one thing I really admire about all of our pastors is their transparency. They're, they're not out here being something that they're not. Just because you have pastor in front of your name, name doesn't mean you know it all and it's an easy walk. It's not. But to see the transparency of them, to say, yeah, this is where I battled. This is where I struggled. This is where I didn't know what direction I was going to go to finding the power of the Holy Spirit to where they are now. I'm just really thankful that, for that. And I've just really kind of gleaned off of that. But how do we get to the power of purpose, the power of our testimony, the power of grace, the power of a transformed mind? How do we get there? How do we break the chains off as we, as we sang this morning? How do we obtain breakthrough? How do we become free from that bondage that so easily entangles us? But one thing we have to understand first is what is transformed. What does it mean to be transformed and what is bondage? Bondage is the state of being a slave to something or someone. This could be literal. This could be figuratively. This could be voluntarily. This could be involuntarily. But each one of us have walked through bondage sometime in our life. Some of us may still be walking through a bit of bondage, and we don't know how to get that breakthrough, that transformation in that. Because bondage not only gets the best of you, but it takes the best from you. It robs you of your joy. It robs you of that inner peace. It robs you of everything that God said you are as a son and daughter. That's what bondage is, as a slave. To be transformed is to make a thorough and dramatic change in the appearance and the character of something. So this morning, as I was just kind of walking around as the team was practicing, I was just praying, just listening to God, and he, he did, I just heard him say, look around. So as I looked around, he goes, look at the building. I was like, yeah, I know, I know, I see the building. He goes, what was it before? This place has been transformed. Would you agree? It was a place it was a medical building. It was a place where the, the physically sick, the mentally ill, they came to seek help. But it's been transformed. It's been radically changed. It's been thoroughly changed into something different where people can come with a spiritual hurt. They can come with a spiritual pain. They can come with a mental issue or a spiritual issue, and it can be answered. It can be answered here. We said this place would be a house of praise. It would be a house of praise. We would lift up the name of God. We would preach the word of God. We would not give in to any other thing. It's going to be truth coming from this pulpit. Last week, Pastor Matt hit on this verse here, uh, Romans chapter 12. It says, do not be conformed to this world. In other words, don't pattern yourself. Don't look like everybody. Don't walk the way they do. Don't talk the way they do. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So everybody say, transformation starts in the mind. Transformation starts in the mind. Because you see, Satan is like, he's like this legalist. He's like the best lawyer out there. He's always looking for a loophole. He's looking for something to where he can get in here. Because he knows if he gets here then he can get in here. He'll slither his way into this place here. 
specifically for our Christian believers. If he can get you to believe the lies, if he can get you to believe everything he's telling you, he feels like he wins and he feels like he can take you down a path that you don't want to be on. Your mind and your thoughts are his playground. We open up doors and we allow him to speak things. But what happens is we start to believe them things. 1 Peter 5, 8 says, Be sober, which means to be mindful. Be vigilant, which means to be aware of your surroundings, what's going on. Because your adversary, the devil, walks like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Now I want to look at two words in this. May and devour. When I was a kid growing up, may was a word that you used all the time. You said, may I be excused from the table. May I go to my friend's house. May I have this. May I have that. May ask for permission. See, it doesn't say he goes around seeking who he wants to, seeking who he feels like he can. It says who he made. So we open a door somewhere. We give him permission to move into that place. Devour. I'm going to devour some barbecue tomorrow. Anybody else? The devour we're talking about here in the scripture is destroy. He's looking to destroy you. Don't take it any other way. He's out to kill, seek, and destroy. That's what he does. He's out to devour you. You know, as uh, Pastor Matt said something last week, he talked about those. Remember the, the neurological pathways that create ruts? When he said that, I thought of the property that I have down here that I bow hunt on. There's one way in and one way out, unless you want to trespass. One way in, one way out. And over the years of us going in that way, out that way, repeatedly in and out, we've created ruts in that place. The ruts are so deep that you you can't maneuver around them. They just suck you right into them. They just suck you right into them. And it's the same way that the enemy works in your life. He repeats things. He repeats things. If you keep going down that same road, that same path, you begin to make those ruts even deeper than what they would need to be. But this is what we did. We cut some brush and we cut some briars back. That stuff that was kind of hard on us. The stuff we didn't want to deal with because it was thick. We cut that away and we made a new path in there so we can stay away from those ruts. But I'm telling you right now, that's what he will do. He will tell you those lies to the point to where you believe them. And once you start believing them, then you see them as truth. They're no longer lies. They're active lies of truth in your life. My title for today is The Power of a Transformed Life. The power of a transformed life, breaking the chains. How many people need transformation in their life this morning? How many people are looking for a breakthrough in your family or a situation, whatever you're going through? This nation needs transformation. Our schools need transformation. Our government needs transformation and breakthrough. And what I want to see is us get to that point where breakthrough is possible. But there's steps that we have to go to before we can get to breakthrough. Let's go to Mark chapter 5. I'm going to start at verse 25. I'm going to read down to verse 34. It's a familiar story. I'm sure you guys all know this, the woman with the issue of blood. It says, Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had had and was no better, but rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, oh, when you hear about Jesus, things change. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garments. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. 
Immediately, the fountain of blood was dried up. And she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself the power had gone out of him, he turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? But the disciples said, You see the multitude thronging you. And you say, Who touched me? And he looked around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Be healed of your affliction. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you. Lord, as we've been praying through this series, God, we ask right now that you would just take this room. God, that you would fill this room with your spirit, with your presence, God. And, and, and while you are doing that, Father, I pray that joy fall in this place. I pray that strength fall in this place, God. I pray that refreshing rains fall in this place right now, God. As we just give you this time, this opportunity to do what you want to do. And Father, God, I ask that you would move through me. I pray that you would breathe on this word that you've had me prepared, that I feel you've put on my heart. I know that I know that I cannot do this without you. So I invite you, God, I ask that you, I need you in this moment. And I just pray that you would breathe in this place right now. And Father, we'll give you the glory for it in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So my first point is recognize the bondage. Recognize the bondage. Would you agree with me that if we're walking through something and we want to get out of it, we have to realize we're in that, correct? Correct. If I'm walking through something that's not meant for me, I have to realize, hey, I need to make a change or make a switch to get out of that bondage. Remember, bondage not only gets the best of you, it takes the best from you. This blood issue was this woman's bondage. This is what she walked with. This is what she dealt with day in and day out. Everyone knew it. According to religious law, she was unclean. She couldn't touch people. Nobody could be around her. She was ostracized, she was excluded from society, she was rejected, avoided, and ignored. She was shunned. She had to let people know who she was and that she was unclean. Not only was she unclean, but anything that she touched was unclean. If she sat down in a chair or a stool, it was unclean. If she touched anything, that thing became unclean. Imagine not being able to even hug your kids, hug your parents, spend time at the temple in prayer with everybody else going on because you're unclean. It was on her to protect everybody from what she had, the issue and the bondage that she had. This wasn't for 12 seconds. It wasn't 12 minutes or 12 months. This was 12 years she went through this. It dictated everything she did. A couple weeks ago, I had some... uh, friends over from the church and they helped me set up a pool i had everything prepared and if you guys know me i'm just i'm just crazy that way i'm gonna have everything lined up to where if you come to my house this is the next step this is the next thing this is that jerry's back here laughing at me he was there but we had all this thing set up and i was just trying to get ahead of the game to get things prepared i think uh there was only a couple of them there out of everybody who was coming but i grabbed this pool wall it was wrapped up had a rope around it it probably weighed I'm going to guess 250 pounds. I didn't pick it up. I'm not He-Man. But what I did is I grabbed it, and I was just going to lay it down. So I grabbed it, pulled it to me, and I put my arms underneath it, and I was just going to lay it down. But what I didn't realize was where that flap was at. That flap cut into my wrist so deep. 
that by the time I got it off me and got my hand underneath me, I thought Wade was going to pass out. It was covered in blood. I seen where it was at. It was right on the wrist. All I could do was just grab it and pinch it. I was like, oh, my goodness, I messed up. I mean, any deer hunters in here? I tell you what, this was the best blood trail you've ever seen. You, you could have followed me through all of Heck or Monroe County. I'm just saying it was bleeding that bad. But as I was reading this story, it made me think. That was just for maybe 10 or 15 minutes. Yeah, I should have went to the hospital. Wife was all over me. I went later. The pool got up. Then we went to the hospital. Got everything, got everything taken care of. We're all good. They glued it shut. and yeah, It's healing. But as I was reading the story, I thought, that was just 8 to 10, 15 minutes of my life where it changed everything that I was going to do. Everything that I had planned for that day, it changed it. I packed it. I wrapped it. It kept bleeding again. We undid it. We packed it. We wrapped it again. But this woman did this for 12 years. 12 years, this bondage dictated who she was. This dictated what she did, where she could go, how far she could go with a, from her home. Because she always had to be mindful of the bleeding, the flowing that was coming out of her. It ran her life. Verse 26 says that she had suffered many things. This word suffered comes from the Greek word pasco. It goes beyond a physical suffering. It actually goes into the mental part of suffering. In other words, this could have caused her to have a nervous breakdown because she was so worried about everything else that was going on. She let this bondage dictate who she was and what she did, how far she could go, who she could touch, who she could be around. It ran her life. Bondage is a state of being a slave. This means her actions, her thoughts all revolved around the issue of the blood. For that 15 minutes or whatever it was, my life revolved around, I got to stop this bleeding. I don't want to get it on anybody. I don't want anybody to be grossed out by that. For 12 years, she walked this issue. For 12 years. Have you ever had an issue in your life that you let dictate who you were? Define you? Something that hindered you? Maybe something happened and you lost a family member over it? An addiction? Something that cost you maybe a marriage? Maybe a home, a bank account, anything like that? Anything that just cost you something? Let me tell you this morning, it's a lie from the enemy. And as long as you keep believing those, you're going to keep driving in those same old ruts. Romans 8.15 tells us, For you did not receive a spirit of bondage, but you received a spirit of adoption to who we cry, Abba, Father. We are adopted into the kingdom. That means there is benefit, there is heirs, there are things that we have that we can utilize. And one of those is the power of a living God inside us. Full heirs of God, rich in his inheritance. That's for you and I as sons and daughters Amen. to utilize. You know, as I said this morning, early on I talked about how our, our pastors are transparent. How they've told you stories about their addictions and struggles and things that they fought through. And how God has helped them through that. I'm going to share something with you this morning that... Up until today, only my wife knew. And it was an area of my life that I didn't know how to handle. I didn't know how to, how to deal with it. But from the age of, as far as I can think back, probably seven up to the age of 12, I was sexually abused by a family member. I didn't know. You know, I was a young kid. I didn't know what was going on. 
But that went into my teenage years. I quickly, at the age of 16, 17, became addicted to pornography. My life ruled, circled around pornography. What can I get that next? It was like a fix. It, it, was like a, it was like a drug. It was an addiction in my life. I don't know if it came from the earlier years of being abused sexually. I don't know that. But what I quickly realized, and this hung with me for, I'm not saying it was a week or two, this hung with me for years. I'd probably say 20, 25 years I battled with pornography. But I quickly realized, that, now keep in mind, my dad was a minister. My dad was a preacher. I grew up in church. I knew right from wrong. I knew what I was supposed to be and what I was supposed to be doing. I knew that he had a calling on my life, but I ran from it because I believed a lie that the enemy put in my heart and in my mind. But what I quickly realized, it was going to take more than me. I couldn't do it on my own. I couldn't do it on my own. But I can stand here today and know that the power of purpose, the power of a testimony, the power of grace, the power of a transformed mind is going to allow me, it's going to allow you to be in a place where your life can be transformed. And your testimony is going to affect others around you. It's going to affect those around you. Now, this woman had exhausted everything. She spent all she had and got worse. I can relate to this because I thought I would do everything I could. I read books. I talked to people. I had best friends. I had accountability partners. But nothing ever worked until Jesus stepped in. Until Jesus stepped in. Let's go to verse 27. It says, when she heard... About Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garments. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I may be made well. Verse 28 in the Message Bible says, for she said, for she thought in her mind. Where does transformation start? In the mind. For she thought in her mind, if I only may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Transformation started. The persistence of her faith allowed her to be determined to touch his clothes. Not her circumstances, not her situation, not everything else that was going around her. Her mind, transformation started here. She goes, everything I've ever done, everything I've ever sought, it's cost me everything and I've only gotten worse. But the name of Jesus... Sometimes we can be at our very end, end of our rope. And that's when he can do the best work. That's when he can do the greatest work. That's when he can have transformation and breakthrough come through. This woman was ostracized. She couldn't be around people. She couldn't touch anybody. Anything that she touched became unclean. And here she's looking to go against everything that the law told her she couldn't. She goes, I just want to touch him. I just want to touch him. It's all I want to do. Let me paint a picture for you. This is when Jesus just came over on the boat, when he just healed the, the demon-possessed man in the tombs. He's coming over here, and all these people gather around him. Jairus comes running to him and tells him, my daughter's sick. I need you to come pray for her. He had faith in what he had seen. So as they're moving, this crowd, this crowd is all moving. Anybody ever been to a Cardinals game and ride to MetroLink home back to Illinois? Chaos. Absolute chaos. 50,000 people trying to get in one door here. 
It was the same thing. This mob of people were following Jesus wherever he went. If he went down a corridor, they went. If he went through a door, they went. If he went this way, they went. They didn't care. They were just following him. But what she said was, I'm not going to be like everybody else. I'm not going to be patternized to do what they want to do. I'm going to do something different. I'm just going to reach out and touch him. I don't need to mob him. I don't need to be, I don't need him to see me. I don't need him to pray for me. I don't need him to speak anything over me. I don't even know him to know who I am. I just want to touch him. I just want to touch him. You see, the mob of people were moving him, shifting and going with him. I can just see this, just a mob of people going. But when she touched him, that's what stopped him. That's what stopped him. He said, who touched me? Who touched me? Now his disciples looking at him like he's all crazy. Like, what do you mean? There's, there's 100 people around you. They're, they're thronging you. They're all over you. They're touching you. They're, they're just in your space. And he goes, no, who touched me? Because immediately she was healed. Immediately God knew what had gone through. And I'm telling you right now, if you reach out and touch him, he's going to know immediately and you're going to know immediately that he is going to move in your situation. This woman wasn't satisfied with being in the proximity. She wasn't satisfied with just being in the general area of who, where God was or where Jesus was at. This woman had an issue. She couldn't touch anybody. And here she is making her way through this crowd, bumping into people, touching, knowing that everybody that she touched is unclean now. And she said, all I want to do is just touch him. I just want to touch him. She wasn't patterned after everybody else. She didn't need to look like everybody else. She didn't need to talk like everybody else. She made a point in her mind to say, all I want to do is touch him. And I know that I know that I know that I will be healed. Sometimes... As a pastor, you know, you have to be real in the moment, right? Church, it's time that we stop looking like the church. It's time that we just stop coming and following the crowds. Going with the moment, going with the flow. I'll go this way, I'll go that way. If you stop, I'll stop. Why are we stopping? I don't know. Everybody else is doing it. It's time we start being like the woman and say, I want to touch him. I want him to stop. I want him to minister to me. And I guarantee you, I promise you, if you come with that kind of attitude, with that kind of mentality, he's going to stop. And whatever situation you're going through, he's going to heal it. Amen? My third point is accept your freedom. Accept your freedom. Let's go to verse 32. It says, And he looked around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Now I believe in my heart of hearts that God knew exactly who touched him. But I believe he made an opportunity for a confession 
and for people to see the works of faith. As I, as I read this, where it says that she was in fear and trembling, I know sometimes we're scared to be open and honest with what's going on in our hearts. I shared a testimony with you that I've never shared before. Yeah, it's fearful. If people look at me different because of my honesty, then they never looked at me because of who I was in the first place. Because we have to be honest with, before God. Honesty is going to create a place for trans, transformation. Transformation is going to create a place for breakthrough. But I believe that Jesus knew who touched him in that moment. He created an opportunity. Hebrews 11 tells us that faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Ephesians 2 reminds us we are saved by grace through Christ. It's nothing that we do in our own works. This woman's reward was not by what she did. It was by the faith that she walked out, the transformation in her mind. There's no human effort. There's nothing that we can do. There's nothing that we can give. There's nothing that we can sacrifice. He's done paid the price for everything. He's paid the price for everything. All things are possible to him or her who believe. Verse 34. It says, And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed. From outcast to daughter. From rejection to receive. From shun to family. That's the God we know. That's the power of God that's in us. He calls you son. He calls you daughter. You have a name. You have a purpose. You have a reason. Remember, being transformed is to make a thorough and drastic change. She made a drastic change. She was healed. That power that works in her, that was in her through Christ, is that same power today that works in us. That same power that rose Christ from the dead. That same power that helped me get to a place of breakthrough. The word peace in the scripture here comes from the Greek root word, irene. And it talks about harmony. It talks about uh, security, safety, prosperity, and being good with God. Remember, breakthrough. Something that happens over the course of your life that going forward changes and ensures it will never, ever be the same. This woman had breakthrough. Because her life would never, ever be the same. No more did she have to worry about the issue of blood. No more did she have to worry about the touch of anything else. He called her daughter. He said, you've been made whole. Go in peace. Go in breakthrough. That's what he's given her, breakthrough. Bondage gets the best of you, takes the best from you. Transformation and breakthrough break the chains of bondage that surround you, allowing the power that is within you to transform your life. I was reminded, and I didn't share this first service, but as I was sitting here and Pastor Mike was doing communion, I was reminded of a story of a young boy who he devised this contraption to catch birds. He had his birds in his little cage, and he was walking down the street, and this older man seen him and he said what you doing there with all the birds what's going on he goes well I caught him and they're mine he goes well, what are you going to do with them he goes well I think some of them I'm going to let go in the barn and I'll shoot them with my BB gun some of them I might let on fire and just see how far they can fly and this man says if I give you everything in my wallet can I have the birds young boy says yeah absolutely the old man takes the birds, and what he does is he opens the door. 
Some of them flew out. But some of them were so used to being in chains, to being in bondage, to being in prison that they didn't know what to do. Have you ever seen a dog on the end of a leash? He runs so far and he knows he's going to be tightened. Even if you cut his chain loose, he'll only go so far because he's so used to being in bondage. A price has been paid for you and I. A price has been paid for that bondage so you can get from bondage to breakthrough. Amen? 2 Corinthians 5.17, let's go there. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. This woman, who was once an outcast, was now a daughter. The old things had passed away, and behold, the new things have become new. There's power in the name of Jesus for breaking off chains. There's power to go from transformation to bondage. Or, I'm sorry, from transformation to breakthrough. But here's something I want to ask you. Can you have transformation without breakthrough? Absolutely. But you can't have breakthrough without transformation. It's going to cost you something. It's going to cost you to look a little different, walk a little different, talk a little different. Transformation in this woman caused her to go outside her comfort zone, go out to a place where everybody else was doing something where she knew she wasn't supposed to be because all she said was, I just want to touch him. I just want to touch him. I'm going to have you bow your heads with me this morning. This may be the shortest sermon in LCX history. But what I told God I would do is I would allow for him to do what he needs to do. Something that I can't do. I do my part, he does his part. So I want you to bow your heads with me this morning. And I want you to search. Holy Spirit, right now, take this room. Take this room and speak louder than you've ever spoke before. Speak with clarity more than you ever have before. And I pray that ears would be open wider than they've ever been before. So I want you to speak right now. If you're battling an addiction, if you're battling some bondage, if you're battling a situation where you've tried everything that you know to do and you still can't get that breakthrough that you want, freedom is here right now in this place this morning. Freedom is available for what, I don't care what you're walking through, I told you my story. And I've got freedom in it. I've got even more freedom now just telling that testimony. But right now what I want you to do is I want you to just listen. I want you to listen to that voice. And in just a minute I'm going to have you raise your hand. And I'm going to pray with you. But if you're battling this morning with any type of thing, any type of bondage, any type of issue, that you know you can't make it on your own, I want you to slip up your hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that one. I see that one. I see that hand. I see that hand back there. I see that one. I see that hand. Holy Spirit, move right now in this place. Lord, I pray that that wind, that rushing mighty wind as the Holy Spirit flew in that upper room would breathe in this place right now. I come against addictions this morning. I come against bondage. 
I come against anything that's trying to tear down your people, your sons, your daughters. I come against the lies that the enemy has spoke. I come against the lies that you've believed over time. And I say that today is a day for breakthrough. Today is a day for freedom. Today is a day where you're going to walk differently. You're going to look differently. You're going to talk differently. Because of the power. Because of the power. Because of that power that's in the name of Jesus. So Father, right now, I pray right now that you do a work. God, that even right now you start breaking the chains off. Chains of bondage. Chains of generational curses. Things that the lies that the enemy is told that we believe this truth now. That no longer we can raise our heads up because we believe the lies. Let us look to you for the truth. Just like this woman did. Let the transformation start in the minds of these people to where they can step out. And right now I want them to reach their hands up again. And I want them to touch you. I want them to touch you, God. And I want them to feel your presence right now. Immediately. Just as your word said, immediately you knew. Immediately she knew. Healing power in the name of Jesus. Father, we give you glory. I just feel your peace in this place. Lord, that peace that comes from restoring, refreshing, restoration, healing. Once an outcast, now a son or a daughter. Once rejected, now received. Once in bondage. Now you're free. Now you're free. And we just thank you for that, God. We thank you for that power. 